And then I'm going to tell you how fees kill your ROI with actual data. and salutations. Welcome to the Development Best Practices Podcast, brought to you by ILM Professional Services. I'm your podcast host, Jason Erdahl, and on today's episode, I am once again pleased to welcome back Kamran Ayub, Pluralsight author, speaker, and consultant. Kamran and I continue our talk around best practices in personal finance with part three of our four-part series, Socially Responsible Investing and how fees kill your ROI. If you haven't listened to our first two episodes on budgeting and attacking your debt, and on smart investing, I would recommend you do so before listening to this one. In those last two episodes, we were talking about a fictional character in their early 30s named Chris. Chris has some student loan, debt, a car payment, and a mortgage. In this episode, we introduce a new character into the story, before returning to talk more about Chris. Here's Kamran. Well, let's talk about another dev. The scenario with Chris was great. Um, So let's talk about someone we'll call Robin. And by the way, Robin, if you're listening, this is actually not you. Um, (laughs) So Robin, Robin in this case is in their late forties and they kind of feel like they're behind already Um, as a late in life investor investor. How can Robin catch up or is it just too late and it's best to just rely on social security and, uh, and, uh, pray, pray for good government policies. (laughs) Well, it's never too late. Good. Um, so that's important to say it's never too late. Even if in, if you're in your forties and fifties, um, first of all, uh, and you're, if you're in your forties, you can still retire early in your fifties. Um, and, and if you're 40, too, like I'm not quite there yet. Um, but if you have been in the development space for a long time, you maybe have a pretty high income. And so I think what's interesting here, especially for developers with high incomes, is that you can do two things. You can play very good offense and very good defense. So offense is earning power. If you have a high income, you can play very high, a uh, very good offense. Now, defense is what you do for yourself, what you can control, which is your expenses. So if you're in your 40s and you want to accelerate and, and, and retire early in your 50s, then you can adjust your savings rate accordingly so you can control it. So if you're making a high income, um, then you can increase the gap between what you earn and what you spend by reducing your spending. Um, and, uh, by the time you're 40, maybe, um, your kids are more grown and you have sort of less of those types of expenses. Maybe your house is paid off. I mean, you could be in a very good position to, uh, uh, to shore up your finances in very short order. Um, if you're, if you're older. So, I mean, that's, that's a great, uh, benefit (laughs) of that. Um, plus there's, all sorts of things related to catch-up contributions and things like that for, I think, people in their 50s. Were in, 50s, yep. yep some of yeah, these it's accounts. An additional, it's an additional $6,500 right now. So it nice. really, it makes a big difference. You can, we haven't talked much about 401ks yet, but there's a there's a really nice benefit there for 
for 401ks, which we'll, we'll get to, we'll get yep. to 401ks later. So, but yeah, so it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So, um, <clears throat> um, sometimes, um, companies, um, don't do good things or you don't particularly like the billionaire that just purchased your favorite company. Mm-hmm. Um, you think, wow, I, I don't want to invest it. I don't want to invest in the stock market if it's benefiting, you know, this person. Um, so is there a way to target invest um, so you can avoid uh, the, um, the, the, the companies that you, you think are not doing great things um, yeah. or have bad <clears throat> leaders? Yep. So the short answer is yes. Um, so we've been talking about investing in the stock market, but it's far from the only way to build wealth. Um, but even if you do want to invest in the stock market, and like I've been saying, sort of these passive index funds, there are different types of index funds. So at the broadest level, you have the total stock market index. This is like owning a very, very small slice of every company um, in America. Uh, a lot of these indexes, like the S&P 500, are like the top 500 companies in America. So owning a very small slice of the top 500. Um, but then there are different indexes that cater to you know, uh, different types of profiles. So there's the uh, sustainable index investing, um, where uh, companies are evaluated based on their um, like economics, uh, socioeconomic contribution, um, ethical contribution. They're rated on these different scales, and then you only make it into the index if your company um, uh, abides by those constraints. So it's like a filter. So if you take, uh, in programming terms, you take all the companies in America and then you do a dot filter expression on them and you run it through a filter and then that becomes your your filtered index. So, um, uh, yeah, sustainable index investing is, is one way to do that. And then outside of st- the stock market, you've got real estate and there are different types of real estate investments you can make. Um, a friend of mine is getting into property management for mm-hmm. HOAs. So... Okay. And so he's not a, a landlord per se, but uh, he is just the property manager of different HOAs and that provides passive income. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can do, I, I enjoy uh, doing uh, amateur uh, design and build. So working on home renovations. So if you want to do that, you could do fixer uppers. Um, so cool. you buy a house and you fix it up and then you sell it. Um, or you can just live in them. Um, yeah. And after only like two or three properties, it's not a whole ton. You can start to make pretty serious passive uh, passive income and build your wealth that way. You could invest in businesses. And this could mean that uh, audience members who want to go into independent businesses can either create SaaS products, they can do consulting, they can um, start unicorn startups um, and get VC funding and then do exits. Um, investing in businesses is another way to build wealth. Um, and I'm sure we could think of, think of other, other ones too. Well, and particularly since a lot of the audience are, they have a skill. So, um, they're not a carpenter. They're not necessarily, I mean, they don't, they aren't a carpenter for their main job. Probably, Mm -hmm. um, they're probably a developer for their main job. 
there are opportunities where there are companies that need developers and they're willing to give you equity for the development that you do. This is a fairly common thing. Um, so this is a good way with a few extra hours on the side and can some consult, some consulting, you can build equity in companies that way. Um, so yeah, yeah, you do have a, <clears throat> you are a developer, you have skills, um, that you can barter, uh, for equity. So that's yes, cool. exactly. So, but all right, cool. Um, so Chris and Robin, um, why not, why shouldn't they just have a financial advisor do it for me? I mean, they, they probably get 20 or so emails uh, or snail mails a week talking about how, dang, they're only going to charge you 2% to manage the money. You don't even need to think about it. Um, so why not just have their friend, the financial advisor, do it for them? Yeah, so this this gets into the difference between passive index investing and actively managed funds. Um, so let's start there, and then I'm going to tell you how fees kill your ROI with actual data. Uh, I have a scenario here. So passive index investing is essentially automated, um, which means that their uh, expense ratios, their fees, are extremely low. Um, So I believe with um, Vanguard's total stock market index fund, I think that the um, fee is around 0.04, even 0.02. That is incredibly small. That means for... A hundred thousand dollars. It's like a two dollar fee or something like that. Um, Can I do math in my head? I'm not sure. Did I get that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So correct that in the show notes. Yeah. Well, exactly. Poke a little fun at Comron if not. Zero point zero two times a hundred thousand dollars. Whatever that is, that is the fee. It's extremely small. Um, So uh, and so then you have you have actively managed funds. Now these are. Um, managed by um, people who work um, at these at these firms, they are actively managing what goes in and what goes out of the fund. So they are, you know, picking the companies to invest in. Um, they're sort of making bets on your behalf, um, and because they're they're actively managed, they have higher fees. Um, so let's say that we have these two two people, Chris and Robin. Let's say that um, Chris decided to go into passive index investing um, and has a, a 0.05% in fees. And then Robin decided to go with his, uh, with their financial advisor um, who is charging 2% in fees. So if they, uh, starting with $100,000, and then they invest $1,000 each month with an average of 9% return um, over 10 years, I believe, the um, Chris, who invested in the passive index, only paid $37,000 um, in fees. And the fund itself, his in- investments grew to $3 million. <laughs> Yay. The per- so, and then Robin, who invested with the advisor with 2% fees, paid, listen to this, million in fees and their fund, their investments, their investments only grew to $1.8 million. That's a, that's a 1.95% difference, which amounted to over $1.1 million more in your pocket by not taking the 2% fees. 
And you're not even doing anything with the passive indexes. You're just investing in them automatically. Um, so that that is why fees kill your ROI. Um, it's also why you have to pay attention to them. Um, and unfortunately, I think a lot of folks believe that financial advisors are acting in their best interest when they are not. What you want to be looking for is for someone like a certified financial planner who has a fiduciary responsibility Mm -hmm. to you, which means they have no interest in selling you things that benefit them. They are fully um, responsible and and for your interest. Um, And so you want to talk to those types of people. Um, and that's an actual designation. Like you can ask, do you have fiduciary, fiduciary responsibility? And they'll say yes or they'll say no. Um, so that's important. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, uh, I'm i glad you brought that up. Um, otherwise, I was going to have to apologize to so many of my friends who are are in this game and all do really care about their invest their uh, their their clients. Um, so um, so that that's a that's a good that's a good designation. The other thing I like to point out, you, you haven't mentioned mutual funds that you can invest in through 401ks yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and in many ways, when I invest in a mutual fund, I kind of feel like I've got someone who is, you know, when you look at how long they've been on the fund, how long they've been a fund manager, um, they're on my side. They're working with a lot more money than I have, um, and they're moving the market around based on their investments and they they get incented based on the growth of the fund. Um, but I'm not, particularly if it's a no load mutual, particularly if it's a no load fund, I'm not, I'm not paying them directly. They're making it. It's like a salesperson that's more on commission than they are on base salary. They're just going to work harder. <laughs> um, so I, I always feel like, you know, I kind of get that with mutual funds. Um, so I'm kind of getting that person that's trying to move the market on my behalf. Um, yeah, there's so, yeah. there's a great book I read early on, um, and it's called A Random Walk Down Wall Street. I believe okay. that was released in the 80s. But uh, it was a study looking at the performance of actively managed or mutual funds versus just investing straight up in the market, which would be like a passive index fund. Yeah. And essentially, the market always outperforms actively managed funds or, or mutual funds. That doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't invest in mutual funds. And that's why you might want to talk to like a certified financial planner because your individual situation is going to be different. Like this is, I'm not a certified financial planner. I can't give you financial advice. Um, but you can read the books on, you know, how the market always pretty much every single time outperforms actively managed funds. Um, and so, so why even, you know, take on those expense ratios and your, your 401k is going to have, um, higher expense ratios than like you investing yourself. Um, like I, I go through Vanguard, so I invest directly. Um, but through my 401k, uh, when I had one at work, I, th- I believe the expense ratio was still pretty low. It's like 0.2 or something like that. So it's still very low. Um, and you can actually go into your benefits portal and you can look at the funds and you can get the fund fact sheet. It'll tell you, um, it'll tell you the expense ratios. So you can, you can actually calculate what your, your, your fees are. Um, if you, if you take a look at that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> We are dealing with an audience in this case that is 
um, not afraid of doing some calculations and running a spreadsheet, right? Mm -hmm. We are data, we are data driven folks. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. And let's stop there. I think for part three of our personal finance series, make sure to check back in a few weeks for part four tools, security, and your retirement savings. And make sure to check today's show notes. There's some good info in there. The Development Best Practices podcast is brought to you by ILM Professional Services. ILM cares about the developers in our community and their financial health. It's one of the reasons we're putting together this podcast series. If you're interested in joining a company that cares about your whole self, not just the part you give during working hours, please consider joining ILM. Visit our website at ilmservice.com and check out our careers page for more information. We're closing in on the end of our first season and are busy booking guests for season two. Any topics from season one that you'd like us to revisit? Any new topics would you like us to cover? Please email us at podcast at ilmservice.com with your thoughts. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful day.